From a bird-watching nurse to a line-dancing firefighter, nobody's just one thing. That's why Polar Pop and Froster aren't either. Choose from all kinds of flavors and make your mix. Polar Pop and Froster, just 79 cents each at Circle K. Limited time only at participating locations. Welcome to the Masogi Method with work happiness expert Jody B. Miller. Each week, Jody interviews amazing people who have broken through huge barriers to achieve meaning, success, and happiness in their lives. For each of us, the path to lasting happiness has always been there, but it may take a Masogi to get you on it. Here's your host, Jody B. Miller. Welcome to the Masogi Method, breaking through barriers to achieve meaning, success, and happiness that actually lasts. I'm Jody B. Miller. You know, success comes in many forms in life. It doesn't always have to be related to making millions of dollars, although we all like the luxury of resources, of course. But success can be an even deeper satisfaction that comes with a wake-up call, followed by a stick-with-it type of commitment. And when those seemingly impossible reaches are achieved, doors open so much easier. My guest today has experienced an amazing path to success, a path that many of our listeners can relate to on many levels. Please welcome Paul Brody, CEO of Brody Consulting Group, publisher and creator of the Get Published system. Welcome to the Masogi Method, Paul. Hello, Jody. How you doing? I'm doing great. Hey, there are so many aspects of your life journey that I want to cover during our visit. So if it's okay with you, let's just jump right in. Sure. Okay. So first of all, I want to talk about your weight loss. Weight loss is a masogi for so many people in the United States alone, and it's so tough to achieve. I mean, I'm not a big believer in diets, but obviously you have found a way to lose 60 pounds or more and keep it off. Like, What led you down that path? Well, and I would agree with you completely. I don't believe in diets either. I believe in lifestyle changes and that way it can stay permanent. Because as you know, diets are temporary. But lifestyle changes, they're things that can last many years, if not forever, because you're right, having that mentality, because when you drop weight quickly, if you don't do it right, then you're going to put it back on. And I can say that because there have been multiple times in my life that I've dropped 40, 50, even 60 pounds, and then piled it back on and then some. So I had to really learn how to do this thing properly, but more importantly, keep the weight off. And that's what I wanted to write about when I wrote my first book was not only the successes but the struggles and the different things that we have to fight with our inner, inner demons. With me, I had thyroid issues. In the past, there was you know battles with depression that were in previous years. And I think all of that stuff connects to this battle. It's not just about the weight. It's always a much bigger picture with so many other inner challenges that we face. I totally agree with that. So how did you get back on program in your own mind when you would lose, let's say, 40 pounds and then just gain it all back in? then some like what what did you go through mentally with that disappointment and I think one of the biggest struggles was when I was putting this weight on it wasn't in my 30s it wasn't in my 40s it is in my 20s and let's face it when we're in college we don't always keep the um let's say the most healthiest of lifestyles so a lot of times I was I was in school I was working night classes and then of course after that went up a little some steam so I'd go out with friends we'd go to bars enjoy a few beverages and then the very worst mistake happened, and that was those sudden cravings after you've had a few pints in your system, and it's 2 a.m., and the only place open is Jack in a Box, and you decide to go get a burger and fries, woof that down at 2.30 a.m., and then go to sleep afterwards. Not exactly the healthiest lifestyle, and not exactly the best way to keep weight off properly. 
Yeah, I, no, I agree. It makes me feel tired just to think about that. <laughs> Eating all yeah. that food at 2 a.m., you probably didn't sleep well. What was your wake-up call? The biggest wake-up call was early May 2011, and I was at my absolute worst at that point. I was near 340 pounds, and I was having heart palpitations. I could barely sleep. I thought I was dying, and it was really scary. I went to go see the doctor. I remember it was a Monday afternoon. It was after I was done teaching for the day. I barely made it through the day. Got to the doctor's office. They did blood work. They checked everything out. Doctor came in, and he was very blunt. And I love that. I love dealing with people that are blunt and direct because there's no messing around and they're yeah. very clear at everything. And he told me straight up, he said, listen, you were hovering around 340 pounds. You were borderline type two diabetes. You have high blood pressure. And I'm going to tell you right now, Paul, if you don't get your act together, you'll be dead in five years. Oh my goodness, and Paul. You want to talk about something that grabs your attention. That did, because at the time I was I'm trying to remember what age, age I was. It was, it was my mid thirties. Um, I think I was 30, 36, if, if I remember correctly. And that was just such a huge wake up call because I wasn't taking care of myself correctly. So I decided to do a bunch of research and just figure this thing out because I didn't want to be dead in five years. Unfortunately, it's seven years plus right now. We're having this great conversation, kept the weight off in, in a good state of health, but also a good state of mental well-being. And that was the big wake up call. So I did some research, figured things out cut out a lot of junk and drop the weight. And it, it wasn't something that just happened overnight. The, the first month, I think I dropped around 18 pounds. The next month I dropped, I think it was close to 15. And then further months were anywhere between eight to 10 pounds until we got to that point. But of course, what happens when you hit those plateaus? And I think that's one of the other things is people get discouraged if they get stuck at the same weight for weeks or even months. And you just have to fight through it because your body is going to adjust and everyone's different. What a guy's body is going to do versus a woman's body are totally different things just due to all the different things that are going on internally with water retention, with thyroid, and just all these other factors, metabolism, testosterone. It's amazing all these different things that can take the course. And that's why I talk about instead of a diet, it has to be a lifestyle change. Otherwise, you're never going to be able to keep the weight off because you're going to go back to old habits. And I think that's the biggest thing is if there's things that you crave, you still have to enjoy them. And I'll tell you right now, I still go to Brahms, which is a very well-known ice cream place here in, in Texas. We still go out <laughs> once a week and enjoy it. You know, I, I like um, I like ice cream a lot. I like the double dip, mint chocolate chip, and I'm trying to think of the other one, mint chocolate chip and peppermint. And that's just my one little craving. So once a week, I allow myself to do that. I'll tell you, things have evolved over the year where I'm essentially, I guess you would call it gluten-free. So I cut yes. out bread and I cut out a lot of other things, but I learned to adjust to that because as you get older, that's the other challenge. It's much harder to drop weight. It's easier in your 20s. It's not so bad in your 30s, but when you start hitting your 40s, it really becomes a challenge. And that's why I mentioned you have to change your lifestyle. Otherwise, it's not going to work. You know, it's interesting you said gluten-free because I've been doing that for about two and a half months because gluten turns to sugar and I'm trying to reduce my sugar because like you, I like that mint chocolate chip ice cream cone or I like a oh, yeah. chocolate. I used to eat M&Ms by the handfuls. I don't do that anymore. But um, the other night I was out and I actually had a bunch of bread and butter for the first time. So I broke it. And so I thought, oh, should I get discouraged? Am I back at 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 ground zero. And I thought, no, I'm not. I just had 
and, and one indulgence. I mean, is that how you should talk to yourself as though that's okay. So I, so I indulged, I'm going to just jump right back on again. Yeah. And I think one of the things is you do have to indulge a little bit. Now, one thing I, I want to ask you is how did you, how did your body feel after you had all that bread and butter? Oh, horrible. I woke up the next mm-hmm. morning with a headache. Um, I felt bloated and I just didn't feel great. It's amazing. Um, after I cut it out and it was pretty easy for me to cut out gluten. I, I was, I was shocked. Um, versus a cup of coffee in the morning that I like, or I do like a glass of wine in the evening, maybe not every night, but you know, that's my next one. I, I, after really jumping in and eating all that bread and butter and it was good, it was all warm and specially cooked and brought to the table. I I woke up just not feeling well. Yeah. And that's why I wanted to ask you that because I've, I've kind of trained my mind a little bit and it hasn't been easy, but I've never been a huge bread lover. I liked it at times, but I thought it was, if I was going to indulge, at least for me, it was always going to be like ice cream or something sugary. Because one thing I noticed is if I did that once a week, I didn't feel too bad afterwards. It felt good. It's almost like when you have that first piece of candy where it tastes so good, it's almost euphoric. And then after you have like 20 or 30 pieces, it doesn't taste so good, right? Diminished return. Yeah. (laughs) So so that's why I always go with with the ice cream. That's, That's my big craving. That's my big cheat, so to speak. Because if you have ice cream for two or three times a week, then you start to feel bloated. Then you start to feel bad. And then you start having that kind of grungy feeling again, where you start dragging around and and feeling tired. And that's why I always mention, do one indulgence a week. And if that's just a blowout meal, that's fine. That that will work. But I think if you do it more than that, then that's going to be the big challenge. And that's when you're kind of going to go back to those old habits, but also feeling terrible. And that's the one thing I hated was feeling terrible and just dragging around the day. Yeah. I think that's such great advice for those that are listening that really have that masogi of trying to lose. Some people, even five or 10, five or 10 pounds is huge. So it's all a matter of, you know, what your level is. Is it 50 pounds, 70 pounds, 10 pounds? It's still difficult. Again, depending on your body type, as you were mentioning, male, female, what age you are, maybe you're going through menopause as a woman and all of a sudden you're packing on weight and you're eating less and it's, and you've just got to, change your lifestyle. But do you think it's easier just to make one small change at a time or add an exercise slowly over time? Or how, how did you do it so it wasn't so overwhelming that you just wanted to quit? Well, you do have to go overwhelming at first because you have to realize that if you don't make these changes, then you might not be around. Mm-hmm. And that's a, that's a big thing to learn. And it's, uh, it's nice to be a painful conversation. So you do have to adjust accordingly. And I'll tell you a mistake that I made. I went through a period, um, it was about two years ago where I was just, I went off and ate, ate a bunch of things I didn't need to do, need to eat. And I put on close to 30 pounds and I got that wake up call immediately. I saw, oh man, this weight's going right back up. And that's when I went hardcore gluten-free and I went straight to it. Salads, no bread. I mean, it was, it was a hardcore decision, but the weight came right back off. But again, as I mentioned, if you fall off the wagon, fall off the wagon for a meal or even two meals, but get back to, to your plan. Because if you don't do that, then everything's going to come back. And this was me learning this years later. And that's mm-hmm. one of the things that I emphasize in my books is we're all going to fall off the wagon. It just depends what's going to happen next. So if you have a bunch of cheats today, well, guess what? Tomorrow's a new day. Get back to your regular plan. And, and of course, with the holidays coming up and Christmas and all that, I think that's one of the most challenging times of the year because you do have to take that time and enjoy some of those holiday meals. But man, when it comes January 1st, you better get back on it. 
Yeah, I love it. I love that you've got to go hardcore to get to kick it off and kick it into gear. And then if you fall off, don't beat yourself up about it. So you went on to write this book. And I think you had said to me, be, mentioned before that you wrote it on your iPhone. Yeah. So the funny thing about this was after I lost the weight, I had a couple of people come up to me and go, hey, you should write a book about this. And I'm thinking, I have no idea how to write a book. I'm not, you know, I've journaled before. And I'm like, I know nothing about book writing. <laughs> so I kept putting the book off, but, but it was always in the back of my head. So I just had to figure out how to do it. And then I started seeing a couple of buddies of mine, they had a book out and it worked out really well for them. And they built up their business um, exponentially by having that book. And I kept thinking, why am I putting this book off? So June, 2015, I'm on a flight to Vegas doing a Daniel family vacation. I'm on the, on the plane. I'm thinking, why do I keep putting this book off? That's the funny thing about the planes. You always have time to think and to really ponder things. I'm like, no, I'm not going to put off this book anymore. The first thing I'm going to do is write it, and then we'll figure out the rest after that. So I'm fired up, inspired. Next morning, I'm at the Mirage Hotel and Casino poolside, and I actually typed out the entire outline of the book. And then the next week was July 4th, and I spent three days writing the book. Wrote uh, just over 20,000 words had my first draft done, and then I had to figure out, okay, great, I have this book done. Now I just have to learn about everything possible, book publishing, but most importantly, about marketing, because that's one of the things that always gets missed. So I literally spent the entire month of July, probably 15 to 16 hours a day minimum, learning everything I could about publishing, self-publishing, hybrid, traditional, all those different formats, but also learning how to market the book. And yeah. learning from other successful people and watching interviews and different um, author online conferences and things like that. And eventually I created this game plan where I was lucky I found an editor. Um, she was actually one of my seminar attendees. I also do motivational seminars. And I knew that she did a lot of administrative type work. So I reached out to her. I'm like, hey, do you um, do editing? And she's like, yes, but just be warned, I am a grammar Nazi. <laughs> I'm like, good, you need to, then you definitely need my work because you're going to be doing a whole lot of slicing and dicing. And she has actually edited all 13 of my books. And the best thing is with having an editor that you've worked with for that long, they understand your tone, your voice, and they can really help tailor that to make sure everything's taken care of. I agree. And, so when yeah, you, it was a game changer. I just wanted to jump in because you mentioned you felt pumped up and I'm a big believer in inspired action. And when I did my TEDx talk earlier this year, one of the elements of that was to really listen to that inspired action and not try and force things too much. And so look what happened when you just got excited and you were inspired and you got this book done and then you started studying the marketing and then you found the editor how many years did it take you to get that book actually out into the market? Uh, it took four weeks. Four weeks. That's amazing. But you had been thinking about it for a long time. I had, I was thinking about the book for a long time. So I felt it was all in my head. I just yep. had to get it out from my head to the computer. That's awesome. I love that. It took me three years to write my first novel. Um, and it was just a matter of, again, setting that time and say, okay, that's it. Just like you did that's it. I'm getting this thing done. I am committing. And I would sit there, drop my kids off at school. And it was in between positions. I'd, I had uh, quit investment banking at the time and I wanted to be with my kids. And so I'd drop them off. And then for six hours every day, I would write nonstop. And that book was just done. So yeah, it's just like you get that inspiration and you go for it and look what you did. And now you have 13 books. That's incredible, Paul. 
Well, and it's all about systems, processes, and frameworks. And what I was able to do was while that very first book was being edited, I had a little bit of downtime. And I was really inspired to write two books in regards to the motivational seminars that I do. So I wrote my second book, Motivation 101, while Devin was editing my first book. So I actually got it done in roughly a week. And then when she sent that back to me, I'm like, by the way, I've now finished my second book. Are you okay with editing that one? That's <laughs> sent awesome. it straight to her. And she did that one. And basically what happened was, is that I created a system, created a publishing system. And then I actually created this marketing system that was, has evolved over the past three years where I've taken that and utilized it from my books. But then I was able to take that for all of my clients as well. And they were able to get results. So as long as they had a good looking book cover, a well edited book, which is absolutely critical, mm -hmm. and then a good book description, then we're able to take the, that book and plug it into our system. And I typically work with business owners that are wanting to use the book to establish their authority and grow their business. And I would say that 70% of my business, but I also have 30% of my business that we help fiction authors, novelists, um, cookbooks, um, children's books. So it, it's evolved over time, but I primarily work with business owners that are wanting to take that book and really establish that authority and change their life because that first book changed my life. And now my mission is to help other people have that same experience. Well, I think people would love to learn more about that. And we'll get to that at the end, how people can contact you for all these great services. How about how long are each of these books and like, what is the main, are they like self-help? Are they, here's, you know, how to books, um, how, how do they fit into that genre? Well, it's funny. I think one of the key words and as a writer is evolution. And mm -hmm. it is real funny how it worked out. So the first book was Eat Less and Move More, about my experience and struggling with weight, dealing with adversity, but also having a storytelling component too. So I talked a lot about my teaching career and working previously in the corporate world, just connecting it all together because people want to be entertained. And it doesn't have to be grammatically perfect, but what it needs to be is a compelling story that helps connect with the reader. So the first book was based on wellness, I would say health wellness, mental wellness. The second book and the third book were based off of motivational seminars. And the funny thing is after my third book launch, which is Positivity Attracts, it became my third bestseller. And this is what changed the game. So at that point, I had fellow authors that I've met over the past previous months, either online or in person. And then I had my readership. They started to reach out and they asked me one simple question. And that is, can you help me get published? And I'll tell you, Jody, this is something I never thought of doing. This was mm -hmm. not on the agenda but it happened. So I'm like, yeah, I can absolutely help you. And that became the fourth book, which is called book publishing for beginners. And that book was going to help people with their books going through the process. And we started taking on one-on-one -on -one clients at that point where I was coaching them for roughly a year and a half that we did that for before we transitioned more into publishing and some of the other things that we do. But the reason I mentioned this is it evolved as we went. So the next book was based off of a motivational seminar. But then a funny thing happened was I had this epic trip to Maui and I wanted to do a travel book based on that trip to help people with their experiences. But the other reason I did it was the tax benefits where I was able to write off most of the expenses of that um, trip for the book. So I actually have written um, two books about Maui. I wrote another one about San Diego. 
And the main reason I did that were for the tax benefits. And then I also ended up doing three. Yeah. So I did, I ended up with three travel books. I've done three books about publishing. We've done multiple books about the different motivational seminars. So just one of the things that just keeps evolving as you go, because you never know where it's going to take you. So to, to answer your question, it took me in several different directions. And to do that, I wrote books specifically on those areas. So travel books, self-help motivational, publishing, business books. It all evolved over this past three years. That's amazing. Um, I always used to think that you had to be a one very, very focused because I, like, I write a lot and I speak around the world about work-life happiness and corporate culture because I come from a pretty strong corporate background. But I also have this other side of my brain, the right side that's very creative and I love novels. And so I wrote my first uh, chiclet kind of novel called No Time for Love. And I'm I've, I unplugged a lot this summer. I actually am going to be doing an um, update um, on the podcast about what I did this summer as part of unplugging and working on my other novel, something I kept putting aside because I'm such of a business kind of writer. And I write for Entrepreneur and CEO Magazine and Thrive Global and lots of different publications as well. And so I thought, well, that's who I am. I'm a work-life happiness writer and expert and speaker and workshop person. And then I realized, but I'm also this. So for me, that's very encouraging, Paul, because I love writing fiction too. And look, look at all these different areas you've jumped into. So for those people listening who are thinking, well, I want to write a book about this. I want to write a book about that. Maybe one about my kid, maybe one about my experience traveling. It can be done. And so maybe your system is a way that can help people be encouraged with that. Can you give a few bits of advice about how people can publish quickly or, or one trick that they can do or one how-to that can help them as they're starting to think about that journey? Absolutely. I think the number one thing is, and this is why you went into different genres and why I've gone into these different genres as well, and that is you need to write about what you love. You need to write about what fires you up mm-hmm. and brightens your day. And I, have, I always journal, as I mentioned previously, I always journal um, these trips. So when I've gone to Europe in the past, I always did a little travel log, so to speak, and always documented all of the uh, great experiences. So to me, making that transition to doing a travel book was great because I, I was not only able to share that experience doing things I was already going to do, but then I could actually help people with their trips. And especially in a place like Maui, because there's so many different things to do and there's so many amazing things that you can check out that if you're going for a week, you might not be able to check out all these great things. So let me emphasize the best ones that I suggest and then see if it's going to be a fit for you. And to me, that fired me up. And that's what really made me passionate about wanting to write these books. So the one tip that I would like to give, because let's face it, not everyone wants to type a book on their computer. So what I have discovered this year in particular, and I really do feel this is a game changer. And this is what I recommend to my business owners and for those that are wanting to do travel books to get it out there. Not always recommended to fiction writers because you have so many different things to do with story structure and all those different elements. Sure. But for the nonfiction books in particular, what I recommend is that you download an app and it is called Rev Audio, R-E-V Audio. You can download it for your phone. It's available if, um, regardless of the smartphone that you have. It is available in the app stores, the Google Play stores, wherever you actually get your apps from. Type in Rev Audio, R-E-V Audio, and then download it. And what it does is this. It'll actually record your audio. 
So what I recommend is this. Think of 10 different talking points for your book. Just 10 different talking points, especially for the business owners out there that are wanting to use this to build their business up to establish that authority. And then do this. So for one of those talking points, what I want you to do, open up the Rev app and then press the record button and just start talking about that point. If it's about business ethics or it's about digital marketing, if it's about publishing, think about one key talking point and just start talking. Pretend like someone just asked you that question and you're having a conversation with a good friend. And all you need is about 10 to 12 minutes of audio per talking point. You get done with that very first talking point, you hit the stop button, and then below, and typically it's on the lower right-hand side, there's a button and it says transcribe. You push that button and you send it to Rev and they will charge you a dollar per minute to actually transcribe that. So my example is you get fired up, nine o'clock at night, you do this chapter, you hit transcribe, and by the time you wake up in the morning, you have an email from Rev saying your file is ready and you have a Microsoft Word file ready with your first chapter of your book. And I really feel that is a game changer, especially for those that do not have the time to necessarily write a book where you can do this when you're driving, you can do this when you're at home. I mean, you can even do it while you're in the bathroom. That's kind of a crazy example. <laughs> but if you're in a private restroom, let's face it, we do a lot of good thinking in there. So hit hit the record button and just start talking because that's where we get inspiration. Same thing if you're going to bed at night or if you're getting up first thing in the morning, we have all those great ideas. Hit that button, talk for a little while, hit stop, press transcribe, send it to Rev. And that is a very easy way that you can get a book done. Oh, Paul, I love that. I mean, I've, it's interesting because I drive a lot between San Francisco and Santa Barbara and mm -hmm that's a six hour drive. And I usually listen to audiobooks. I'm a big reader because I'm always trying to improve my writing. So I listen to Tolstoy or I listen to CS Lewis. Just, I listen to all different kinds of things, books about science. And that also helps me with who I want to invite on the podcast too. And yet, and a lot of times I make recordings just on the recorder on my iPhone, but I love that idea. As I think about so many of these smaller books, I'd like to be able to write for corporations and, and employees and job seekers and that space that I do so much of my work in. So I love that. I bet our listeners are really, really going to be inspired by that advice. Thank you for that. So how do people get a hold of you? You just do so many great things. How can people get a hold of you? Well, let's see, the easiest thing is what I call the hub, our website. So you guys can go to getpublishedsystem.com or you can go to getpublishedpodcast.com. They all take you to, to my main site. And on my website, we have a ton of great resources. You can actually grab a free copy of my newest book, which is called Get Published. You can get the um, electronic version of that. You can also access our Get Published podcast, which Jody, you actually have been a guest on the show, and I believe yes. the episode will be going live in a few weeks. Great, we thank actually, you. And we have a webinar that is broadcast um, every Thursday at uh, eight o'clock Eastern. So if you guys ever want to check out the webinar and get some more information, we have that. Uh, we we've got a lot of great resources on the site. Uh, you can also find out about our services, the different ways that we can help you in your author journey. We have two coaching packages and we have two done for you packages as well, because for a lot of my business owners, what I've learned, they don't necessarily want to learn how to do it. They want us to do it for them. So we're happy to do that. You can find out about our books, our speaking and keynotes that we offer. We have a blog. We even have a free Facebook group. So I have a Facebook group 
called Get Published, which um, again, on Facebook, where we do some tips and tricks on there. It's different things that we can help start your journey out. And again, you can also access our podcast as well on the um, website. That's so awesome, Paul. You are so inspiring. So let me ask you one more question. Are there any other passions that you have outside of writing and speaking and webinars and all those great things about getting amazing messages out to the world is uh, do you have any other personal passions? I always like to ask people that because that shows a little bit more of where their heart's coming from. Absolutely. So love to travel. I love sports, but what I really love is seeing pure victory and something that inspired me. And I think it really did change my life, Jody. And that was back in 2005 where my alumni chapter, uh, we have an alumni chapter in Arlington from a business attorney in college called the Lone Star Alumni Chapter. And we wanted to partner up with a, a, a truly great organization. And what we did is we actually partnered up with the Texas Special Olympics. And for the past 13 years, we have supported them. Also, Birdie Consultant Group has supported the Special Olympics for the past several years as well. And just seeing pure victory. And what I do is we actually volunteer at the gymnastics events. And over the past several years, they have voluntold me into doing the um, awards announcing. Oh. And I actually get the privilege to announce the award recipients from the different competitions. With Special Olympics, all the kids get an award, whether it's a medal, whether it's a ribbon. And if you ever want to see pure victory, then I would say, please, go to a Special Olympics event, you're going to witness just these amazing kids and, and all the kids, you know, they've got all different challenges in life. But I'm going to tell you this. The one thing they love is working towards their goals and taking part in Special Olympics and seeing their parents, just seeing the love and the admiration they have in their eyes, eyes for their kids and how proud they are of their kids getting out there. It's just, um, man, it's uh, <laughs> kind, well, of, kind of getting a little emotional for a minute. It's, it's just, I, it's an amazing yeah. thing. I have to tell you, you don't know this about me, but I actually have a special needs child and started a foundation um, that raised money for special ed classrooms in Northern California. But um, my son is a swimmer. So I have been going to all the swimming events and the Northern California ones and the joy to me, the joy of yeah. these kids is unbelievable. And then my other son has coached special olympics tennis since sixth grade he's now a college graduate ended up number one in tennis in the midwest and um and he has this ability he's developed this ability my other son this is a benefit of when working with special olympics i want to support you on that is that you change and you yeah. and you accept everyone and you find just love for other people and you never exclude anyone anymore and you don't have biases anymore. It really changes your life. And I love that you're doing that, Paul. That really means a lot to me personally. Well, and I can tell you what also changes the fact that my final three years of teaching, I taught special needs and you want to know how I taught them about force and motion. We went outside to the tennis courts because I was also the tennis coach oh, cool. of our of our team, which was crazy because I never coached tennis before, and somehow we ended up becoming undefeated district champions. So I have That's no awesome. idea how that happened. Motivation. But we made it. Yeah, so we made it work. But with the kids, I taught them force and motion through playing tennis, and every day that they would go to PE was my conference period, and I would take up half my conference and go and play tennis with the kids, and it was such fun, and the great thing was it was all the kids, so it was the special needs kids, and it was it was the, the, the other kids as well, they were all playing together and working together, and it was just such a fun experience to do that. 
Uh, Paul, you inspire me so much. You need to go give a TED Talk. (laughs) (laughs) We can talk more about that offline. Um, Well, thank you so much for being on the Masogi Method. You have totally broken through barriers across every aspect of your life. And I'm sure our listeners are going to gain so much from every one of your stories and be motivated to move forward in their lives too. So Paul, thank you so much for being on the show. I really, really enjoyed our conversation and I hope to keep in touch with you. Absolutely. It has been a pleasure. And for anyone out there, seriously, if you ever want to just reach out with a question or anything, just feel free to reach out. My email is Brody at brodyconsultinggroup.com. And there's anything that I can help you with. It doesn't even have to be publishing. Just anything that you're struggling with, anything I can do to help, just let me know because I feel that we're all here to help each other. I love that. And for all my listeners on the Masogi Method, thank you so much for being here and we'll see you next time. Seven billion humans on earth can't all like the same drink. That's why Circle K has Polar Pop and Froster. Pick your flavors and make that one in seven billion mix just right for you. Polar Pop and Froster, just 79 cents each at Circle K. Limited time only at participating locations. Hi, I'm Jay Farner, CEO of Quicken Loans. 30% of Americans who are planning home improvements of $5,000 or more will pay for those renovations with a high-interest credit card. That may not be a great idea. A better idea may be to take cash out of your home with a Quicken Loans 30-year fixed-rate mortgage. The rate today on our 30-year fixed-rate mortgage is 4.125%. APR, 4.22%. Call us today at 800-QUICKEN or go to rocketmortgage.com. Rate subject to change. 8.88% fee to receive this discounted rate. Call for cost information and conditions. Equal housing lender. License in all 50 states. NMLS number 3030.